the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 1420, the answer to Thursday, the 10th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And we really appreciate you being a part of the conversation. The American people will never accept immigration reform unless they truly believe that their government is committed to ending future illegal immigration. And any successful, comprehensive immigration reform bill must recognize this fact. What a novel approach, Chuck Schumer. What a novel approach. Chuck Schumer spent the better part of the last 15 years, going back at least to 2005, arguing on behalf of secure, strong borders, and including in 2006, a border fence. The Border Fence Act of 2006, supported by Chuck Schumer, uh, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and every other prominent Democrat. Why? Because it enabled them to provide asylum to millions of illegal immigrants who are here. But they acknowledged the need, first and foremost, to secure the border. In 2018, it's a manufactured crisis. It doesn't exist. This is Donald Trump's temper tantrum. Joining us now for more reaction to this is Dan Stein. He is the president of an organization with which I work very closely on a regular basis to bring you facts and not rhetoric on the American immigration problem. The President of FAIR, the Federation of American Immigra- for American Immigration Reform. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Great. Good to be with you. All right. I've been uh, playing all morning long, uh, cut after cut after cut, audio clip of, of Chuck Schumer, uh, both in his gang of uh, eight uh, deliberations and his uh, statements in 2013 and in the Secure Border Fence Act of 2006. All of the different times he has said illegal immigration is wrong. Illegal immigration must be stopped. It must be curtailed at the border. And oh, by the way, putting up 630 miles of border fencing is a significant barrier to stopping illegal immigration. Today, he says, walls don't work. What changed, Dan? Uh, Schumer. Schumer changed. Clearly, the Democratic Party changed. The Democratic Party has been corrupted by massive immigration and the fact that this become a political power grab. When you have an institution like our major Democratic Party that's been corrupted now by a phenomenon that they believe is going to put them in power for the next 50 years, They've decided to, you know, detach themselves from any legitimate and honest debate over good public policy or protecting Americans or securing our borders. And now all they want is amnesty, amnesty, amnesty. And when you have people who've been in Congress as long as Schumer, I've been in this business almost 40 years, and to watch the evolution from him or or uh, Bill Clinton, Harry Reid, and others who, and Hillary Clinton too, who back in the early 1990s were all concerned about illegal immigration and they wanted to put up structures and all kinds of strategic fencing. And now they just, I mean, I guess Alexandria Scoro Cortez, Scoro, whatever the heck her name, Cortez gets elected. and They're all busy listening to her and deciding, oh, you know what? This is ridiculous. We're just, we, we stand to gain much more than we lose, excuse me, by just promoting mass amnesty. Yeah, that is exactly what they're promoting is is mass amnesty. And quite frankly, it appears as though they have gone from we need border security uh, when it benefited them to say so to open borders. And Hillary Clinton's dream and vision of an open borders hemisphere honestly appears to be what they are, are what they are pushing for. 
What I want to know is how it is uh, that they can, Dan Stein, even possibly continue to call this a Trump shutdown when they are literally unwilling to negotiate one single point, meaning the president has already... Uh, agreed to compromise from the $25 billion cost of true, a true border wall, border fencing, whatever we want to call it. And that entire package is $25 billion. He is asking for $5 billion. That is one heck of a compromise. They won't offer a nickel. They won't. I mean, how do you compromise with somebody you want to negotiate? But for Nancy Pelosi, who's such a careful with our, our, our fiscal responsibility. I mean, $5 billion is a lot of money in her mind to be spending. I mean, she she spends $5 billion putting her makeup on in the morning. I mean, let's be honest. Well, the, the idea that this is over money or anything other than pure partisan political irrationality. And, and of course, Donald Trump, look, if you're a pollster and you ask somebody, do you blame Donald Trump for the shutdown? Well, you know what? A lot of people do blame him, and they're, and they're going, good man. We're glad you finally took it to Schumer. Who, you know, they've, they've, Schumer and Pelosi, Chuck and Nancy, we call them Chancy. You know, they've been saying for a long time, any shutdown is going to be put on the Republicans, you know. And, and, and Trump said, yeah, okay, I'll take the responsibility because I'm going to demonstrate that no matter what you say about border security, you oppose every form of border security you can name. And it doesn't matter whether it's the verify, interior enforcement, state and local cooperation, asylum reform, detention, deportation, new immigration judges. It doesn't matter what, because the only answer they seem to have is let them all come in. But but the frustrating thing apart about it to me, Dan, is that that wasn't what they said literally just a few short years ago. When they were trying to get that let them all, well, at least let them all stay, you know, the amnesty for the 11 to 20 or 22 million who are already here, they literally said, we'll implement E-Verify. We'll implement uh, an end to um, uh, chain migration. Uh, we, we, we will absolutely give on all these things if we can just get these uh, uh, people on a path to citizenship. Once, of course, it was oh. that was denied by the House Republicans in 2013 after the Gang of Eight in the Senate, uh, you know, and said, no, we're not going to give asylum to all those people. Suddenly, they're like, fine, you don't get your border security then. We're more than willing to let them keep coming. But when people behave irrational, irrationally, even if you define it by self-interest, you take a look at American Gothic and you saw the meme of how they were, <laughs> you know, looking at American Gothic. I mean, you think the lights are on in anybody's home? There does come a time when sometimes people have just kind of been in harness a little bit too long, and maybe these folks are just a good argument for term limits and time for some younger people to step in because clearly, cognitively, they're no longer processing. Uh, we're talking to Dan Stein, the president of FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform. Dan, um, I uh, was one of the few who was critical of the president's performance on Tuesday night. Not that the content that he gave wasn't valid and wasn't good, uh, or even about his delivery, which he's not terribly comfortable in that type of setting, but that's okay, too. I wanted him to do what I've been doing all morning, what Lindsey Graham did after, what uh, Sean Hannity and so many others have done in his stead, and that is to to call the hypocrisy out, to play Chuck Schumer's words for him, to play the words of Mark Morgan, the the Border Patrol chief under Barack Obama, who said this is not a manufactured crisis, the Democrats are lying. I wanted him to challenge Chuck Schumer on national TV and say, here's what you said then, here's what your party's people are saying now, why, why are you lying? to the people like that. I felt like there was a missed opportunity yeah. there. How did you see it? Yeah, well, they're, they're, clearly we would have liked if he talked also a little more broadly about what needs to be done in the way of reform because 
you know, having a wall is great and additional physical barriers and more border patrol, but the point is as long as the law allows aliens to come across illegally and then make asylum claims, or even legally and just make an asylum claim, fraudulent though it is, that means that unlimited numbers can come in and give, you know, game the system and never leave. And so he didn't talk about the, the composite issues that need to be really dealt with. And, you know, in the end, the Democrats have for years talked about, well, if you're going to do enforcement, do it at the border. Even the ACLU is always like, well, we don't want any interior enforcement. We don't want any state cooperation with federal enforcement authorities. But it's okay to do it at the border. Well, now apparently it's not even okay to do it at the border because, as you pointed out earlier, they don't want borders. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. And it's it's very possible that Trump could have, you know, what Trump look, what Trump tried to do. You have to think about this strategically. Mm-hmm. Trump tried to position himself as I'm willing to work with the Democrats. I want to compromise. We got to talk. We got to work together. And, you know, putting aside what you're saying, which I think is legitimate, at the same time, looking at it optically, for the average American who's not paying a lot of attention to the issue, if they watch both sides, it was the Democrats who looked rigid and obstinate and unreasonable, at least in my view. And that, judging from what's happening among the moderate Democrats in the districts, in swing districts and others, they're getting concerned about the fact that, you know, you, you listen to the so-called mainstream media and you think Trump's losing in the battle. But no, I mean, the evidence is among the centrists and among the swing states or the swing districts and among these freshman Democrats, they're very nervous about what's going on because they didn't get elected to stand around with a shutdown for 20, you know, for, 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 for five years. They, they got elected to get something done, and they know that in anything except these pure blue districts, people vote to send people to Congress to work hard and get things done, and the Democrats look like they don't want to work hard because they painted themselves into a ludicrous corner. They, you're right. They have. I don't disagree with that at all. But my, my my big thing about this was those centrists who don't watch Fox Fox News on a regular basis, and they don't watch Rachel Maddow on a regular basis. They're really, truly not sure, is this a crisis? Is this not a crisis? Who's right and who's wrong? That's where I felt like the needle needed to move more, and the president could have done that by pointing out, here's what the other side that's about to come on after me, here's what they said just a few short years ago. Uh, and, yeah. and, and really, really, you know, and, and now when they tell you that there's no crisis, now, uh, keep that in mind when you're listening. It's just that sort of thing that um, when you have the entire nation watching and they don't have to turn on Fox News to hear you and they don't have to listen to this program or national uh, conservative radio to find these things out, when you've got a captive audience like that, I think that was the time to use it. But that is what it is. That's in the past now. It's over with. Moving forward, do you think the president, Dan Stein, president of affair do you think he will and should go ahead and declare a state of emergency and begin the construction with existing military funds uh um uh, even though there will be a court challenge immediately to follow well let's look at it pragmatically i mean uh i don't think we don't think trump ought to open the government until he starts getting some cooperation from the democrats on something of, of great national importance but Look, either it's a true national security crisis and a true emergency, or it's not. If, in fact, it's a true crisis and an emergency, there's plenty of authority under federal law, congressional authority, for the president to deploy the resources to protect the nation's borders. And so, in all likelihood, if it's a real emergency, then he's obligated as commander-in-chief to deploy those resources. How could he say that it's a true national emergency and not act, right? So in the end, he has to vindicate his judgment through action. 
Dan, I'm going to ask you a legal question, even though you may not be an attorney, um, because somebody brought this up, and I thought it was a really interesting idea. Because We know that what happens whenever the president makes a decision like that, issues an executive order, for example, uh, you know, when it comes to the travel restriction that he implemented and others, the left finds a state attorney general that is uh, in a, a district that is going to be far left, for example, the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, or the Ninth Circle of Hell, as I like to call it. They judge shop and find somebody who's going to enjoin uh, the president's order so that they can and uh, stop it in its tracks until it goes through the lengthy process to get to the Supreme Court. What do you think of the idea of a more conservative-minded state attorney general filing a lawsuit against the president to stop him from this emergency action and uh, getting this in a court that is more favorable, that will not be radically left of center the way some of those ones that they judge shop for are? Well, I am an attorney, uh, as it turns out. I did not realize. Thank you. It probably wouldn't work because there's going to, you know, the ACLU would file a collateral action in the Ninth Circuit no matter where this this thing got filed. I mean, it really, it more importantly, is that the president needs to find a variety of legal bases to take the action. And this is not a posse comitatus issue, you know, of enforcing civilian immigration law, mm-hmm. because actually this is this involves, you know, national defense, civil defense. Ten twenty-seven. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Squeeze a call or two here before the bottom of the hour. My thanks again to uh, uh, Dan Stein who joined us from uh, the Federation for American Immigration Reform in Virginia. Uh, this is going to be Frank in Burke Park who's been waiting the longest. Hi, Frank. Go ahead. You're on the air. Thank you. I uh, just yes, want sir. to point out a compromise that was made. I think should be withdrawn on the wall. Acetylene gas cutting torches can burn through just about any steel. So I would suggest the president should have technical advisors. There are people right here in Cleveland. Lincoln Electric Company has several or more than several experts on this. It should, the wall best would be with high-strength concrete with also high-strength reinforced steel. Just plain steel can be cut through. The cartels have a lot of money to buy cutting torches. You could drive up with just a trunk full of those in a car and burn through. That's the problem. So steel alone is not the answer. It needs, and there are, like I say, Lincoln Electric in Cleveland has experts on this subject. And uh, they produce <clears throat> cutting and welding equipment, and they're experts. I'm, I uh, yeah, I, I'm not the expert on this field, but, um, just listening to what the engineers who have been consulting with the president have said, though, the reason why they have kind of morphed into the steel versus the concrete part is because you can leave gaps in it, obviously, every, you know, about an inch apart, uh, for, for visual, uh, observation, what's going on on the other side. And anything sure. that might be brought, anything that might be brought to the other side, such as an acetylene torch, et cetera, et cetera, to try to 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 cut through our wall, would be seen and could be stopped, uh, you know, immediately from you know from from this side in whatever capacity they have to do that. Uh, whereas a solid yeah. wall, you're going to have to put in windows or something so you can see what kind of nefarious activity is going on the other side. That's 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 the way I, I understood it. By the way, I in no yeah. way do I mean to make it solid. Just that the steel, <laughs> the steel should be reinforced with concrete. They could be like big posts, literally, but with gaps. Sure. Oh, I see through. what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I uh, and fr- Frank, thanks for the call. I'm going to get to our news. Um, I, I would imagine, though, again, it might be, be not being the expert, which I'm admitting I'm not. 
it might be a little overkill to have to wrap it in concrete if you can indeed see through. If you can see somebody approaching the wall, you know, because they are going to make sure that there is, in addition to the actual wall, there's going to be drone coverage. There is going to be surveillance from so many other different ways that if they see somebody approaching the wall with tools to try to uh, to uh, break into this country, uh, it could be stopped and repelled immediately. At least that's my, uh, you know, my my thinking with it. So uh, thanks so much for the thought, though, and the call. Bottom line is, I don't care if it's all steel or if it's steel and concrete or just concrete. We need our doggone wall. We're back after this. Good. There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Indeed, we continue. AM 1420, The Answer. we got 25 minutes of outstanding awesome left for you uh, on this particular broadcast. We'll have Mike Gallagher bringing his brand of awesome to the airwaves after, followed by Dennis Prager, Michael Medved, uh, or excuse me, Dennis Prager, and uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, as well as then Jay Sekulow. i got to reach out to Sekulow. I'm going to reach out to Sekulow. I'm going to ask about that question. Somebody brought it up. If you just turn the radio on, caller brought it up last hour. And said, you know how uh, tenants of uh, properties, you know, landlords who keep their uh, keep their buildings in disrepair, the hot water doesn't work, the plumbing problem, there's no electricity, there's no this, there's mold, whatever the you know whatever the problems may be. Oftentimes, tenants tenants will um, put their money uh, for rent into an escrow account that will be paid to the landlord after the upgrades and the improvements and the, you know, the problems are corrected. And it's legal to do that. Um, so somebody called and suggested, why don't we take our tax dollars? April is fast approaching for all of us as we file our tax returns for, um, uh, for, uh, 27 or 2018 rather. We put a little note in our tax return saying the money that I owe you is uh, in an escrow account in this bank. Uh, you'll get it when we get border security. <laughs> Somebody wants to know if that's legal. Can you do such a thing? I don't know. I like outside-the-box thinking, as I told the caller, but I just don't know if it works that way. And Jay Seculo might be one of those uh, attorneys who would have uh, an answer to that question. Like I said to the caller, too, I don't really want to be that guinea pig. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be the first one to, uh, to uh, the Pied Piper to lead that, uh, that group down the alleyway, uh, because I don't have the money to deal with an attorney to, f- to win that case in court. And I certainly don't have the money to pay all of the fines and the, uh, interest that the federal government would, to, would charge me for not paying those taxes. But, uh, but I do like the outside the box thinking. I'll see if I can get an answer from somebody who knows more than I do. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Mary is a first-time caller calling from Cleveland. It's good to have you on the program, Mary. Thank you for making that first-time call. Go right ahead. Well, you're welcome. My first job in radio was WHK back in the Gary D era. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, it was 1978. I was 25 years old, and I stayed in radio for the next, uh, oh, gosh, 37, 40 years. Wonderful. So I loved the career. I couldn't ask for more. I have a very bizarre question. This might sound crazy, but maybe mm-hmm. somebody else has brought it up. <clears throat> Instead of a wall or a fence, back in the ancient era of castles and all that crazy medieval stuff, and even since then, they built moats, M-O-T-E-S, moats, around, and they it, it seemed to deter any kind of problems. And I'm thinking, would it be less expensive to just take a big, huge moat all up and down where they were going to put the fence or board or whatever, secure. And uh, 
I don't know, just be gross, just fill it with razor blades and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> nobody would ever cross. <laughs> um, again, outside the box thinking, and I uh, and I can respect that. Um, you know, the 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 problem is, of course, there are going to be things that you can uh, that you can use to get across. Um, there's a pretty doggone boat, be, a moat rather, between Florida and Cuba. Uh, it's about ninety miles of distance there. It's called the ocean, and uh, they still manage to wow. cross. Cuban Cuban refugees get in canoes. They get in. They'll grab pieces of driftwood and float for crying out loud as far as they can to get across. Um, water yeah. crossing is, in my opinion, too easy. And I know some people have joked and said fill it with alligators and all these kinds of things. But uh, what yeah. what we are. What we are talking about, you know, would be would be really fundamentally changing and maybe making more dangerous the property of American property owners who who own those you know lands right up against the border in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and uh, you know California. So I don't think they'd be down with that. Um, yeah, I think we'd have a better chance of, of saying, "Hey, can we put a fence up?" Uh, it's like a fenced-in yard, like a lot of people have. I think we might be better off in that way. I think you're right. Okay, good talking to you. I love your show. Thank you, Mary. God bless. I appreciate it. Well, that's the heyday. You talk about the heyday of talk radio, you know, even before, you know, the Rush Revolution and uh, so many of the others that have come uh, come along in, in recent years. Talking back uh, Gary Deed uh, time in uh, on, on 1420, back in the day. That's heyday, late 70s. My mom used to listen to Gary Deed and cuss at the radio. Oh, my goodness, did my mother curse him out. Other times she would be pounding the the kitchen table and say, "Damn right, uh, that's fun. That's fun." We do a little differently now. Then again, we don't have a choice. I don't think anybody could do it Gary D's way. Nobody could. North Ridgeville, Ed, you are on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Hello, hey, Ed. Can morning. you hear me? Oh, there you are. Go right ahead, Ed. I you got me here. Uh, I've been listening to you since way back in uh, when you were in Elyria there. Yeah, it's in uh, this is this is, 2019 is the start actually of my 22nd year in radio, believe it or not, which is uh, mind blowing. Well, I just I, I love to listen to you all the time. A well, question came up, and I, I haven't heard anything, uh, any comments made on it by anybody, but a comparison of the amount of money that the government spends on welfare related items, such as hospitalization, food stamps, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. for all of the illegals that come into the country. Uh, and and put that up against the cost of the wall and say, okay, I have a feel. my personal feeling is that the government spends far more than $5 billion. Well, they do. They, they do. And, you know, uh, I, I just had... Um uh, Dan Stein from FAIR on, and FAIR, the Federation of American Immigration Reform, they've done all the legwork on this, and they have dug into the, the costs associated with illegal immigration in this country at the federal, the state, and at the local levels. And when you add all of those costs up, and these costs are covered by taxpayers at each of those levels, Ed, um, it, it's, it's roughly $130 billion a year. If you take away the estimated 18 to 19 billion dollars in taxes that some illegal immigrants actually pay because some of them do um it leaves us with a net loss of 116 billion dollars a year. Uh so what we're talking about here is a 5 billion dollar investment one time or if you build the entire wall and use the entire you know package that has been proposed 25 billion dollar one time outlay to secure the border 
would save us $116 billion a year. Well, not exactly because, you know, that's covering those who are already here, but would stop from that, stop that number from being added to by more and more crossers every year. Um, it, it, it's the biggest bargain in the history of the American budget. Uh, it, if we spend that total long. common sense to, to look at it that way. I would love to see the government do another thing too that uh, I've always kind of advocated for would be uh, when we file our income taxes, we should have a, a checkoff list where we can designate, you know, this amount of our money goes to <laughs> this part of the government, and this amount goes to that, and this goes to that, and and why worry about Congress allocating money when we can tell them. This is where we want it to go. Well, that's the reason, though, that we that we have a representative republic because we have, you know, we have elected these people to represent us to literally go to Congress and spend the money and allocate the money as we tell them to by way of our elections. It would be far too difficult and cumbersome, if not completely impossible, I think, to to have the government look at everybody's tax return and say, Joe wants, uh, you know, uh, uh, 6% of his to go to, to a border wall. He wants 25% to go to military, 30% to go to, you know, to um, uh, police or whatever the case might be. But Susan over there wants nothing for this and nothing for that and all 100% of hers to go to Planned Parenthood, health care for women. It, and, it, and, it, and that, it just it just know, wouldn't be possible, would, and I don't know if we would necessarily like the results in some cases too. <laughs> right, I I don't know that it's it's kind of crazy. We would like these people to be our representatives, but they don't listen all the time. Uh, no, they don't. Which is why, of course, they have to be reelected every two years. You know, if you go in there and and you do the opposite, and we you know we look at the vote, and that's the thing. You know, too, Ed, I'm sure you realize. Not enough voters educate themselves as to what their representatives are doing and seeing how they voted on this bill or that bill or this budget item or that spending item. Um, they don't pay attention to it, and if they did, they would vote them out. That's the whole goal here is they give us, you know, every two years on the Congress House side, we can vote these people out if they're not representing our wishes. Uh, but sadly, far too many of them don't pay attention to it, and they just rubber stamp whoever is in office. You know, especially if there are demographics that meet their their satisfaction. Yeah, and you had a, a, a lady called in earlier about uh, putting your money into escrow on the income tax. Another thing I had, had thought, uh, would it be possible that if we as taxpayers wanted to write a check out for $5,000 and send it to the government with for it to be earmarked, for the wall, would that be a deductible on your income tax? I don't think they would consider that charity. Um, I think you have, in order to to get to make a you know a donation like that deductible, it would have to go to something that is registered um, and approved by the IRS as a five hundred one c three charity. That would be my guess on that. They wouldn't give you deductible. You know, they wouldn't let you deduct that off your taxes if you were doing that. It would have to be registered as a charity. And I don't know that the government would approve that and say that the construction of a wall is a charitable endeavor. They would say that is a, I don't know, uh, you know, a personal They're choice. They're a charity. They don't make money. Yeah, well, no, they don't. But that doesn't mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, a, you know, charities are decided 
not being the expert on this, charities, whether something is a charitable endeavor or not, uh, is determined uh, uh, not necessarily whether it makes money. There are a lot of nonprofit organizations that aren't considered charities. Uh, it's it's what are they doing with that money? Who is being helped by that money directly? The construction of a wall, we could argue, well, it's helping people who are being victimized by illegal immigrants. So therefore, we're being charitable to them. But uh, it would probably, it's, it's something that I would think would probably face an uphill challenge to get the, the government to agree to. Oh, yeah. But Ed, Ed I got a jet, my friend. I got a lot of other people to talk to, but I'm glad you called. I really appreciate it, and thanks for being such a loyal listener, too. You call back any time. 1046, let's move to uh, TJ in Cleveland. Hey, TJ, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, the mode idea is interesting, but I'm thinking a long punji pit, you know, with bamboo stakes in the bottom. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, no, the reason I call, Bob, you know, sometimes I wonder if, I'm on the right side of the issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something happened recently that told me definitely we're on the right side of the issue. Uh, in our dog park, there's a Ukrainian couple that's been in the country for, you know, quite a few years. They're citizens now. And they've been kind of devoid of, uh, you might say, uh, politics. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they look at American politics with an open mind. And recently, both of them had agreed to the same thing that what they're seeing out of the American left in the Democratic Party is very similar to what they left in the Ukraine with the Communist Party. And these are people that are looking at this with an open mind. You know, they don't have a, a political uh, horse in the game. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, gotcha. They don't have an agenda. They're looking at it from, from, from a reasonable standpoint, one that's not blindly partisan. And I don't disagree. How could they possibly not? I think a lot of people looking from the outside in would say the same thing if they don't have a partisan stake in this. I mean, for crying out loud, they're moving further and further to the left. It's a race to the left. And if you think the race to the left and thus to socialism and thus to the verge of communism, TJ, uh, if you think that they've done it already, wait until Kamala Harris uh, announces her run. Wait till Booker announces his run. Wait to wait until all Beto O'Rourke uh, announces his run. Wait till all of these lunatics. Uh, uh, Warren is already in. It is going to be a race to the left to the point where they are literally going to be marching uh, or, or campaigning under hammers and sickles. And I know that sounds insane, but they are not going to be racing to be centrist. They're racing to win the, the race to the left. Look at the popularity of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Look at the popularity of Bernie, who's going to make another run at it, too. They think that that far-left socialist stuff is going to work in this country, and they think it's going to win elections. We haven't seen anything yet. The next two years are going to be bizarre. And, Bob, see, this is the way they operate, like this couple said. They come in, the communists, and how they hook the people is they promise free everything. Yep. And then they said, one morning you wake up and you find out you have nothing. And this is just exactly how it's going to happen. These Cortezes and stuff will hook the people with, I'll give you free this, I'll give you free that. And then the day will Americans will wake up and go, you know what? We ain't got nothing. Well, well, you know, another way to say it, another way to say it, TJ, and thanks for the call, is, is this way. Socialism is always a great idea until you run out of other people's money. And that's the fact of the matter. Because social, when, you, when you grab the money from the, from the job creators and the money makers and take it away and give it to everybody else on an equal basis, what have you done? You've disincentivized the job creators and the money makers from doing those things. Why should I go and put my time and effort and capital into this if they're going to take 70 80% of it away from me to give it to people who aren't doing anything? 
I might as well be one of those who isn't doing anything. And eventually the, 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 the money dries up. The capital isn't there. The money to grab has already been grabbed. And nobody's working and you're, you're eating sewer rats like they are in Venezuela. And sewer rats are only when they run out of dogs. 10.50, back after this on AM 1420, the answer. Final segment of the broadcast this morning. I was just... Uh, Watching during the break, I, I just don't understand how these people can live with themselves. I don't understand how they have jobs. I don't understand how they have followers, how they have viewers, how they have any self-respect. CNN's Anna Navarro uh, doing a an interview, or actually being a part of an interview with uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN, debating the immigration bills and debating the crisis at the border and as the conservative who is making the point about dead innocent people being murdered by illegal aliens in this country which is happening far far too often she's smiling yawning and pulls out a nail file and starts filing her nails on live tv Absolutely 100% indifferent to the suffering of innocent people who should not have to suffer and who would not be suffering if we had kept these people who are illegal criminals out of the country. Uh, The disrespect, the absolute dismissal of the concerns of innocent people being victimized by this reprehensible leftist piece of human flotsam is beyond my comprehension. And they put her on TV. And they pay her to do it. Gary's in Mayfield Heights. Uh, Gary, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting, sir. Go right ahead. Hi, Bob. A couple things. One, I found out this morning at a meeting of uh, Academy graduates in the Cleveland area that the Coast Guard... Uh, a lot of their folks are underneath Homeland Security, and they're they're not getting paid this week. And the emphasis was to see how we could help the enlisted people. Those that are, a lot of them are on food stamps. So I don't know if the people in Cleveland know that, and I don't know if you could put that word out to call the Coast Guard and see how we could help. I know if they're in their community, if they go to their veterans organizations, they go to their lake, they go to their county veterans service officers. We may be able to help them pay their bills as they get through this. But the Coast Guard has no way of helping them, and they're very concerned about their lower enlisted. Kind of shocked people think that Coast Guard is under DOD. Some of it is, but a lot of it's not, and it's under Homeland Security. As far as I'm concerned, I say the president go ahead and tell the Education Department, all of you are non-essential. Your money goes over to the Coast Guard, pay those people. But of course, I like that. that. Never happened. I that like never that. Happened. But there's a lot of non-essentials in all those other places that were funded first. And um, 
as a yeah, I don't guy. know how they make those determinations as to what departments yeah, they, and what sec- sectors of the federal government get shut down when yeah. it's a partial shutdown like this. But you're right. I mean, you know, to, to the idea that the Department of Education, with its, which is a bunch of figureheads in federal office, is doing nothing as local as education is almost always completely right. local and state run. Uh, they get funded during the shutdown, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. national national security and military personnel don't. That's that you know, certain military personnel. That's that's reprehensible. Yeah, so I heard that from a Coast Guard Academy grad who attended the breakfast just to say, hey, here's what we're trying to figure out. Once we figure out how, because all of us there in the room said, I'm ready to put money down right now. You want a check? You want cash? They don't know how to take the money in without it going someplace else. Right. And But I think if people start calling up, the other thing, I think a call needs to go out to. If you've got a Coast Guard member or one of these people that are furloughed, you know within the next couple months they're getting all that money back. If right. they owe you rent, defer it for a month. If they owe you the electric, electric company ought to say, you show us that you're currently in the military and you're not getting paid because of this, we're going to help you out and defer that. These people need to start stepping up like that instead of putting all these and, and I think I And I think there are a lot of them who will. To be honest with you, I think there are a lot of, of creditors or service providers who will if people right. let them know. But you know, if you're right. if you're on furlough like that, you've got to tell them. You got to you know contact those tell. that you owe money. Contact your creditors. Contact your service providers and say, look, this is a situation. The money is coming back. I haven't been fired. I'm not unemployed, but it's furloughed, and I'll get paid later. Can you can you delay this for me without penalty? And a lot of them will. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them will. And I think that's great well, advice. I know. I know. When I was in the military for 25 years as an officer. My enlisted guys will not be able to do that. Their pride will be too much. Now, maybe their spouses will or family members. Those of us that are in our volunteer organizations, our churches, if we know these people, we need to reach out and say, we're with you on this. Don't worry. We're going to get you. Gary, I, I think it's a great idea. I'm with you, my friend. i got to jet because I want to get BJ on before the bottom of the hour, or the top of the hour, and the end of the show. BJ, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Jim Renacci, when you talked with them last time, brought up term limits, and I hear some of your callers, and I think that's going to be a big issue. But I'd like to bring an aside in. For years and years, union people have gone on strike in this country, and the Democratic Party is acting like a union that has told its workers they are on strike because they're not going to negotiate. So these government people that are off work, it's just a union strike like any other union strike. And, and, and regular working people, carpenters and laborers and other union people got by as well. So thank you for the time. Have a great week. BJ, thank you. And thank you for being brief so that we can get your thoughts in there before the uh, end of the show. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. If I left you on hold, my apologies. But we're back tomorrow for a free-for-all Friday. I hope you'll join us then. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next on AM 1420, The Answer. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.